Welcome to AZ Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan of uh, AtoZsports.com, our Titan reporter out there covering the Titans every day on the beat. Uh, Got to make sure you follow us all over social media because we are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network going live weekday mornings at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline at A to Z Sports. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and that uh, threads over there uh, for more great Titans content. Our sponsors, making them a part of the show. They help out you guys with all of your uh, needs in life. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process uh, by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care farm your health plans get better with farm your health plans uh, with coverage rates and service at fbhp.com slash atoz krebs kubota an elite kubota dealer with three great locations uh, in the middle tennessee area uh, at, in franklin columbia and in murfreesboro online krebs and the aura app keeping us all safe online and you can get a two-week free trial with aura by going to our link aura.com slash atoz so sam uh we're going to talk a lot uh today about your first 53-man roster projection you wrote it you published it yesterday on a sunday at a to z sports.com for the titans we've seen two full weeks of training camp going into week three now we've had an opportunity to really see trends on players trends and what coaches are saying about players and position groups maybe we can start to look at how they're going to construct the 53-man roster, because as we know, and every coach cliche says this, it's not about trying to find the best 53 players. It's about finding the right 53 players, and that comes to positional breakdowns, offense versus defense. Special teams is a big part of this. So let's kick it off, Sam. The quarterback position, uh, you kept all three quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill, second-year player, Malik Willis, uh, first-year, second-round uh, first second round pick rookie in Will Levis, kind of Walk to us real quick on uh, why all three quarterbacks. Well, this was something that uh, I was not very sure of a month ago, uh, really even, you know, a couple weeks ago coming into training camp where the quarterback situation would fall. You assume Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis are going to get roster spots. They just used the draft pick on Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill's your starter. But the question is, could Malik Willis play his way onto the 53 and show the Titans enough that it forced them to keep a third quarterback, whether that's as the backup, whether that's as a third string with athletic upside uh, and some, some promising signs, what was Malik able to show you as far as development is concerned uh, to warrant being kept and keeping three quarterbacks for an organization that hasn't really done that in the past. And so far I would say Malik has looked noticeably improved in a lot of different areas. I'm really, really fascinated in watching him in a preseason game. I think a lot of how I assess Malik will come down to how he looks in live game action. You uh, have seen it as well as I have that, you know, he's more accurate. He seems to be more decisive and a little Mm -hmm. bit more confident and players seem to have more confidence in him. But when he's on the field and there's some real pass rushers coming after him, they're really sacking the quarterback. Things are going at full speed. Does Malik Willis still get the ball out on time? Is he throwing the football? Is he processing quickly enough and making the throws that need to be made? 
that really can't be answered until you're in a game. So I'm interested in seeing that. But to this point, I think he's looked substantially better and improved. And regardless of if you view him as quarterback two or quarterback three, he's been too good to have the Titans just cut him loose and, and give him up for free at this point. He's earned a roster spot, in my yeah, opinion. I would agree. Um, and Malik has made jumps and strides by in playing the position and everything that goes in uh, to the position of playing quarterback in the NFL. Sam, I'll tell you this. I'm seven minutes into quarterback Netflix series episode. Mm. One. I, I, I got seven minutes into it on Saturday night before I had to go do something else. But one of the things that Patrick Mahomes said is, you know, there's, or I guess it was Peyton Manning that said it. There is no more difficult position in pro team sports than being an NFL quarterback. And so Malik Willis obviously had a lot to grow with uh, when it came to, you know, coming out of Liberty. And so far he's done that. So I, I think there's nothing Malik Willis has done right now that has made us think otherwise about him keeping a roster spot. Yeah, and he's been really transparent about that, which I think was impressive for me to hear coming out of his mouth uh, so far during camp. When I talked to him for the first time at the very beginning of camp, he said, yeah, look, I, I had a lot of growth to do just in being in an offense that I hadn't really seen before. He understood that he was shotgun heavy in college. He understood that he didn't really do options and uh, and you know, he, he was RPO heavy in college, but how much did he really do play action? How much did he really have to, uh, you know, throw timing routes across the field? Those were things he didn't deal with. And now he's dealing with them and having a year under his belt of experience makes him more comfortable with them. So, uh, yeah, the preseason game should be fun for Malik. Yeah. I still think there's a world where, you know, he just doesn't look good and the Titans might have to make a tough decision. But yeah, right now, no real questions about that in my opinion. Yeah, and I see somebody saying that uh, you know, Will Levis, I'm sorry, that Malik Willis is going to be traded to Arizona. I, I Look, I don't think the Titans are looking to trade Malik Willis anytime soon, nor does he have any trade value at this yeah. point. You yeah, know, that's, I, I guess that's an interesting question is like, what, I mean, do you just keep three? Do you look to move him? I, I don't know. I think you would have to have a a lot of confidence in where Will Levis is as your future quarterback in order to be comfortable moving on from a leak at this point in this season. Maybe that's an off season thing that you could cross in, you know, in the off season, but you know, we've seen in Jordan love and green Bay that like teams are not afraid to sit a quarterback for a couple years yeah. while he develops and then give him a shot to plug and play. So I don't think that's a mid-season thing, though. That's probably something you deal with in an off-season if it comes to that. Yeah, so uh, quarterbacks, three of them on the roster for Sam's first 53-man roster prediction here uh, on this Monday morning, A to Z Sports. So we've got another – we're going to follow up a conversation we had about the wide receiver position from a week ago. Uh, we'll get Sam's thoughts on how many wide receivers he did have on this first 53-man roster projection. But uh, first, let me tell you guys about our friends at Krebs Kubota. They are an elite Kubota dealer, an elite Kubota dealer in Middle Tennessee with three amazing locations, Murfreesboro, Columbia, and in Franklin, their website, KrebsKubota.com. What is an elite Kubota dealer? It means one, they've got a line of Kubota equipment that just is um, incredible to look at. It's aesthetically cool looking and it does a lot of great things and it is the best equipment in the industry, but also the perks of buying a Kubota machine and a power unit is you get the best warranty in the industry with the Kubota brand. Now you add Krebs along to it. 
who's been serving Middle Tennessee for over 18 years as a family-owned and operated business, Krebs Kubota is the best of both worlds because you get the best equipment with Kubota and the best customer service in a relationship business. That is what equipment is. It's all about relationships. And trust us with trusting Krebs Kubota. Our guys, Matt and Jamie, trading emails with them at the end of last week. They're Titans fans. Going to go try to see them here towards the end of this month at one of their other locations. I've been to Murphy's, bro. It's really damn cool. But check them out online at KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. They're the king of sports books because they offer you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you place your first wager with that bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. And even if you lose, it's no worries. You can get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet. If your first bet doesn't win, another chance to win big. That's why they're the king of sports books. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports on BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. All right, Sam. So we've gone through your first uh, 53-man roster projection. We've gone through three quarterbacks. So I want to acknowledge this real quick from Billy, too. He says, keep three with the new rules. This isn't a new rules thing for me. The new rule, I think people, you know, I think they overestimate its impact a little bit. The new rule still requires you to use a 53-man roster spot on a third quarterback. It just allows you to keep one active. Uh, so yeah. it, it doesn't really affect Malik too terribly much, I'd, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it will be a deciding factor in the decision to keep him. His play is what's going to do that. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. This is not that. a rule-based decision I'm making. This is I, I believe Malik has earned a roster spot. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Sam, you kept – Six receivers. We talked last week. We had a big show about eight, nine receivers battling out for one or two spots. Now, yeah. since then, one guy has been cut. Copeland cut over the weekend. Uh, so he is out the door. So enter Gavin Holmes, who we didn't even have in, in our conversation as not the first receiver to go, right? But maybe, uh, I don't think he has an option to make a roster spot either. But uh, so, that, so you have six receivers, Sam. You were kind of thinking five but you gave them six why did you end up giving six and the six were the were the ones of hopkins burks phillips chris moore then number five was nwi and number six you went with seventh round rookie colton Dow. yeah i was back and forth between five and six uh and as i got down to the back end of my roster i had a couple more spots to give i said okay well where could we add a player um and I think the biggest thing for me for keeping Colton Dowell on the 53 was considering projectability. And one thing that I'm not sure I'm able to calculate, but that I think the Titans are certainly keeping in mind is your ability to get a guy onto a practice squad, Mm -hmm. I think is just huge. And so when I look at keeping a sixth wide receiver, uh, I think a guy like Trayshawn Harrison or a guy like Racy McMath, or your Mason Kinsey's are guys that you can easily get onto your practice squad. Even Reggie Roberson, who's been making plays, you can get them onto your practice squad and activate them. If you need them later on a guy that you drafted in Colton Dowell, the Titans went out of their way to use a pick on too secure. And I think a lot of that is because they like his frame. He's a big dude. They like how he, you know, projectability. And you and I talked on here about how I think Colton Dowell is, potentially next year's version of NWI if, you know, you decide to go a different direction. So I, I think keeping him on the roster is as much of a bet on 
what he can develop into next year and wanting to make sure that he's still with the organization yeah. than it is uh, really an impact this season that you expect him to have. So uh, that's really important at the back end of a lot of these roster spots is when you look at you know veterans versus rookies, young versus old, experience versus inexperience. It's not just who can help me this season. It's who can help me down the line and who do I want to make sure is in camp with me next year as well. So I chose six. I think Colton Dowell could, you know, have an impact on special teams. I think Colton Dowell uh, can plug in for NWI if needed to, and that the Titans ultimately would like to see him next year. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I think one thing I'm going to monitor, because we talked about this Thursday morning, What right? Or was it Wednesday morning? I can't remember which show it was that we talked about the wide receivers fighting for the job, but I taught, I know it was before I talked to Chris Wednesday because you were with Jack Thursday. Yeah, that's right. So we, we had that conversation Wednesday morning. I talked with Chris Moore after Thursday's practice and it was like, you can go see it on our YouTube channel. It was like a five minute conversation uh, with Chris Moore. We talked probably for three and a half minutes about special teams. And if you are a, football junkie go watch Chris Moore talk about special teams because I think that was really fun inside deep football conversation about that and I and I think Chris Moore's ability as a pass catcher and special teamer I think is better than NWI which has him at number four for me instead of NWI at five now is Chris Moore going to be as reliable as NWI is just a special teamer I think is kind of where NWI could be expendable. Again, this is the summer of Austin trying to get NWI cut. That's it. And that's I still it. disagree. I understand, it is. <laughs> I, I understand that, but I do find it interesting to watch as that develops. Is NWI as safe as you think he is? So again, that's if you want to go nerd out about wide receivers playing special teams, go check out my conversation with Chris Moore on our YouTube channel after the show. But uh, then I, I agree with you. I think Colton Dowell, is the sixth guy just because of the draft capital spent. I don't think Race McMath has improved enough and developed over the last two and a half years to, to get over Colton Dow at this point. And he's definitely not better than NWI. Race McMath should have been better than NWI to this point in his career, but that just hasn't uh, materialized. Yeah. Like the thing with Colton Dowell too, is yeah, like it's similar to the situation with Malik in the sense that you have to understand the Titans drafted this guy knowing he was a project in a lot of ways. He was out of UT Martin. Like he was not a polished NFL ready wide receiver right away. So to expect him to come out and camp here the first two weeks and just dominate these reps and be making all these plays and be like, Oh, this is a, a guy we need in our receiver room. I think is a bit of an unrealistic expectation. I think the Titans drafted and bet on Colton Dowell's, future and his development and I think that they are going to be willing to see that through at least until next summer um and maybe they feel like they can do that by throwing him on the practice squad you obviously risk losing a guy if you try and you know wave him in that way and so uh, I think he will stay but you have to I hear high people ask me when they saw it they I, people in my comments and my dms being like well how, why is it Colton Dowell over Reggie Roberson or Treshawn Harrison or somebody who's been making plays, but I don't think practice output is the only factor here. I think, you know, future impact could also play yeah. a role. Yeah. You gotta, 
you absolutely have to look at the two to three year plan at the position. Once you're talking about wide receiver, number five, wide receiver, number six, I'm right there with you, Sam on that. It is eSports here live on uh, this Monday, talking about Sam's 53 man roster projection. His first one that he's going to make probably four of them uh, as we get up to uh, cut day later on this month. So now three quarterbacks, six receivers. You said something last week that I think was interesting that you have four running backs on the roster but there's a little mix up here. So here's the question we want to ask you guys before we get to Sam's answer. And I think this is going to be really a fun conversation. The Titans, we know Derek Henry's making the team. Tajay Spears is making the team as the top two running backs, right? We, we understand that there are three guys that I think have done pretty well in camp thus far, but I think you're only keeping two of them. You're not keeping five running backs, right? There's no way in hell they're keeping five running backs where they can keep four. But there's three guys that do things keep, differently. They did keep five running backs last year. If you count, but that was included Carter, the fullback who Mike Vrabel talked about. They don't even have one. They've yeah. got you know other tight ends that can do that stuff. But you've got uh, three running backs here, and we've got the graphic here for it. You got on the left, you have Julius Chestnut, you have Jonathan Ward right there in the middle, and Hassan Haskins on the right. These three guys have specialties in different areas. Chestnut is the best rusher of these three. Ward is the best pass catcher of the three. And Hassan Haskins is the best pass protector of the three. So what should the Titans value most for that last running back position on the roster? What should the Titans value most for the last running back spot on the roster? Is it rushing ability, catching ability, or pass protecting ability? I'm fascinated to see what everybody thinks about this, but first farm your health plans. They can make sure you stay safe and make sure that you are covered when it comes to any of your health coverage with farm your health plans. And uh, they do it in a, in a great way. They've been serving middle Tennesseans and Tennesseans across the entire state for over 75 years. Zach jumped on board with farm your health plans a year and a half ago, and he has saved 20%. That's a 20% savings on his health coverage. And he's got by far better health coverage than he had on his previous plans. So that's a great reason why you should switch over to farm your health plans. Uh, they're a part of Titans and Titans radio. They're a part of the Tennessee volunteers. They support high school sports and athletics. They're big when it comes to sports and what sports impact has uh, on our state. And they make sure that you stay healthy as well. So check them out and find out a rate for you by going to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. It's farm your health plans, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. When you sign up with BetMGM, use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, a second chance to win big with the king of sportsbooks, you use that code. It's ATOZ Sports when you place your first wager. And even if you lose, no worries. Money back up to $1,000 and another chance to win big with BetMGM and BetMGM.com. Before we get to the chat, like, the show like yes. the show we've all we don't have nearly enough likes i just want to throw that out there we don't we don't do that enough just remind everybody to you know give us a quick little heart or thumbs up or whatever you want to do but like the show before we get to the chat here yeah like the yeah give us that thumbs up we've I always say at the end but we should tell you at the middle of there too all right so sam which or what should the titans value most for the last running back roster spot rushing pass catching or pass protecting because julius chestnut Jonathan Ward and Hassan Haskins all specialize in a different thing, right? 
And so that's, you know, when you got Derek Henry and Tajay Spears as your one and two, how do you fill out the rest of this? So basically we're talking about rushing, catching, or protecting. So Sam, I'll send you to the chat because I'm curious to see what the people think. Well, Steven says it's pass catching. Uh, we've got pass catching. We've got protection from Lou Man. We've got uh, pass protection from Tighten Up, pass protection from Rooney, uh, special teams from Amar, which, you know, that's another factor in there. Hassan Haskins, known, very good special teamer. Julius Chestnut had some impact on special teams last year as well. Uh, pass protection from Texas Titan, pass pro from DeMarco, pass catching from Jay, pass pro from Daniel. Uh, we have pass pro from Jason, pass pro from Bork, rusher from BAB. We have pass catcher from Eric, protection from uh, the other Eric, pass protection from Patrick, protection from Eddie, catching from Brandon, uh, Satow with protection, Maven with protection, Marvin with protection, Gannon and Wrecked all with protection. Same with Ken, Willie, Ryan, Jay. Kenny, it's a lot of pass protection. Uh, and wow. as Lou Man says, yeah, protection wins. I think that's going to be the chat's answer here. Um, so, so, Sam? Also, yeah. Do you, I was going to say, what did you go with? Because your four running backs were whom? Well, I did not have Hassan Haskins making the 53-man roster, and he is your best pass protector. Uh, so yes. from that sense, I went away from pass protection, but uh, I view this more as not necessarily one thing. It's kind of a cheap answer, I suppose, but not necessarily yeah. one thing that needs to be prioritized, but making sure the Titans have balance. Uh, Jonathan Ward is a good special teamer that has the speed and agility and pass catching ability of Tajay Spears to be a valuable backup to Tajay Spears to have around. Uh, and he, you know, had some experience late in the season last year with the Titans. So he has some idea of this team, these coaches, uh, and maybe some of the offensive concepts they're going to want to run. Julius Chestnut is another guy that was a surprise keeper last year that made the 53, that also had an impact on special teams that I think you and I both believe looks like a more explosive runner than Hassan Haskins does. He maybe isn't your power guy, but you know, if you're going to have a guy that you give the ball to between the tackles, Julius Chestnut's a good option. And so while I believe Hassan Haskins is the third best player in this running back room, I believe the gap between Haskins to Chestnut and Haskins to Ward is narrow enough that the off-the-field distractions of Hassan Haskins are substantial at that yeah. point. I mean, if if this was your clear-cut second-best running back, it, that's a much more difficult decision and much more difficult conversation. And I don't want to speak to how this legal process is going to play out, but there is, mm -hmm. it is undeniable that mm – -hmm. Hassan Haskins is a distraction at the very least at this point with the off the field issues and legal situation that is going to play out over the next month. His court date is cut day. Like this is a mess. Uh, and so now, if I feel here's the thing, what time is that court date? And then what no time idea. cut days 3 PM central time. We know that. I have no idea. Uh, but when I look and at the look, here's my prediction whole, on this, that is going to get delayed. Oh yeah, yeah. That there's no way that ha that court date actually happens. Hassan Haskins' group, his uh, uh, legal group, will do everything they can to delay that court date 
to make it last longer so it does not have any impact on his profession. That's, that's what their at, job is. When I look at the four guys that I kept, which is Henry Spears, Chestnut, and Ward, I think you have two reliable pass catchers that are, can be th- third down guys. I think you have Derrick Henry backed up by a bulldozer, explosive running back as somebody, uh, where is it here? Chestnut is a bulldozer. Somebody commented that. And I think that's yeah. really accurate. He runs pretty hard and pretty explosive. Right. right. Uh, and I think both of those back two guys, Chestnut and Ward, have special teams value, which makes the loss of Haskins it, inconsequential in a lot of ways. Uh, so that's my justification for it. Pass protection is important, but I don't think the gap between Haskins to the next guys is big enough to overlook what's going on off the field with him. Yeah, I for me, like I think I think the Titans have to value pass protection the most of these. So I think the chat got it correct with this, especially because we know Derrick Henry's like if Derrick Henry has an Achilles heel, it is his lack of his inability to be a consistent pass protector. Like the, the one thing that he has not figured out in his career is how to be I'd, a consistent pass protector. I'll be interested in hearing, and maybe this is something I'll prioritize this week, is to really figure out how Tajay Spears is in that yeah. regard. It's not yeah, something that I think has been championed of his, like a, a skill of his that they've talked a lot about. But if he's your third down guy because he's your best pass catcher and like gadget sort of running back, you know, how is he as a, can he be scrappy enough as a pass protector to make him a viable option on third down? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think culture matters and you know, what does, what culture do you want your locker room to have? And how is Hassan Haskins received in that locker room right now with everything that's going on? Impossible for me to say, yeah. but I, you know, that plays a factor as well. It, at least it should in a Mike Vrabel team that speaks so highly of locker room environment and, you know, team standards and culture. Yeah, and now um, Adrian says, I just don't understand why the Titans didn't keep Dontrell Hilliard. He was a baller. Yeah, I think Dontrell Hilliard was a baller, right? But here's the thing. He got hurt late, and then he's actually going to be like twice as expensive as a Jonathan Ward, Julius Chestnut, slash Tajay Spears on a rookie contract. And so you you get Tajay Spears for a four-year rookie contract as a third-round pick that's a better option long-term than a veteran Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, Again, Draft the running back, play the running back, draft the running back, right? You know, you don't want to pay another veteran running back to an extent like Dontrell Hilliard. So, Sam, I actually like your four running backs a lot of who you kept. Hassan Haskins has not done anything that seems special to me. Like, even his – I get maybe that he is an aggressive, physical, solid special teams player. I just think he's too slow. And, like, I get you might be a powerful runner, but I don't care how powerful you are if you're too slow to get to that yard mark. If it's third and two, he might be powerful, but he's going to be powerful from, like, behind the line of scrimmage to gain a yard instead of explosive enough to get to the the sticks and be powerful through the first down marker. You know, I thought he was an okay runner last year. Um, There were times I was really impressed with him as a runner last year. But I, I would say I, he just didn't do anything for me to believe he had to be here. There was nothing that he did, at least as an offensive player, that made me feel like, okay, this is a guy you have to keep. Um, I know the Titans love him on special teams. You know, where does that 
factor into the equation if you feel like he's one of your better special teams guys? And where do Julius Chestnut and and Jonathan Ward fall on that mix? I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say he did anything in his rookie season that made me feel like, okay, this is a guy you have to keep. Yeah, now somebody also says Julius Chestnut is slow too. I don't think Julius Chestnut is slow. He's not as slow. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he, I, yeah, that was uh, Kobe. Kobe says Chestnut is slow as well. Uh, Chestnut is is very. I mean, he's not four three, four four no, fast, but Blaze... when you watch him out of the backfield, I think he runs. I, I described him in the article, like kind of what we just talked about on the phone earlier this weekend. He's a more explosive runner, in my opinion. Watching him compared to Chestnut, or uh, Chestnut compared to Haskins, rather, Chestnut looks like a little bit of a more explosive runner, even if he's not straight line speed fast he's quicker like Jewish chestnut like, i don't know if you guys have seen this but the titans posted an instagram uh, photo of and chestnut ran a i'm looking at a chestnut 40 time as a 4 5 40 um out of connecticut at uh yukon's pro day chestnut ran just under a 4 5 um hassan haskins i don't think ran a 40 because he would have been like in the 4 6 range or something yeah, well, um, J- jason said 4 5 8 4 6 1 i don't know where he got those numbers yeah. from but that wouldn't surprise me if their straight line speed was similar. I just, yeah, I, I think it's the first funny. 10 yards is where just is where chestnut separates himself. Cause yeah. the Instagram picture that I was going to talk about was Henry and chestnut, like sky high, like shoulder jump chest uh, bump kind of thing. And that was because it was after a Jewish chestnut run where he made somebody's jock fall on the floor and ankle sprain two out in the he, open field. I believe it was Chris a, Jackson. Done but, it a couple times in the yeah, open field, yeah, but I've noticed Julius way, Chestnut's a little shifty. Absolutely. He is, I think he's way more dynamic of a runner than Hassan Haskins ever will be, uh, even if their straight line speed isn't like phenomenal by any means. So I, I like your four running backs there. I just don't think Hassan Haskins is worth it. Another mid-round running back draft pick from John Robinson that really is not going to work out to much of anything, in my opinion. I think Tajay Spears, on the other hand, has a, a different uh, opportunity with his ability there, too. Yeah. All right, Sam, A to Z Sports Live this Monday morning. Titans practice coming up at 9.30 a.m. Central. We'll be out there at St. Thomas Sports Park. Hopefully no rain. Uh, as We've had rain days the last couple of training camp practices last week. So we've gone through quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. I just want to ask you, and we'll kind of touch more overall on uh, your 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 overall 53-man roster projection, what was the hardest decision you had to make? What was the hardest decision you had to make on this roster projection? We'll get to that, but first let me tell you guys about the Aura app, which is not a hard decision to make whatsoever because you get a two-week free trial with Aura by using our link, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. They keep you safe online from every angle of it. It's your password manager and protector. It keeps you safe as far as your credit identity theft monitoring. And when it comes to the spam robo phone calls we get every day and the junk mail in our email inbox of, of lists we never signed up for and the stuff you get in your actual mailbox that you don't want, you just throw it directly in the recycling bin. Aura removes that. I signed up with Aura back in April and within five or six days, they removed 30 data brokers from my lives that were selling my information to those spammers and telemarketers out there. Now I don't get spam calls anymore. Like I honestly got, I don't, I don't get them anymore. I get less junk emails. I get less junk mail in my mailbox because of what aura is doing for me. And they let me know when a password might be uh, at risk right there too. So sign up with aura and use our link aura.com slash ATOZ for a two week free trial aura.com slash ATOZ for a two week free trial with aura. 
Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, and you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, sign up with the king of sports books and use that bonus code. If you place your first wager and it loses, no worries. You've got a second chance to win big on BetMGM with the bonus code ATOZ Sports and your money back up to $1,000 at BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. All right, Sam. So what was the hardest decision that you had to make with your first 53-man roster projection? Yeah, it was surprising to me uh, that I had such a hard time with what I did. And we've got some predictions from the chat. People, Jay says he bets it was at corner. Jonathan says whether to keep three QBs. Um, And surprisingly, it was neither of those. I felt Mm. pretty strongly about Malik Willis making the team. And I feel pretty good about my cornerbacks. Uh, a couple of UDFAs in there, Stephen Jones Jr. and Alonzo Davis, that I feel like have been all over the football. And I'm really intrigued with watching in the preseason. But right now, I think they got a good shot to make the team. But there was a group that I sat there looking at uh, that I said, I-, I don't know how you cut this group down. And it's the inside linebackers for me, Austin. <laughs> which is a weird one that I don't think comes to top of mind, but I looked at it and I said, okay, well, you have Jack Gibbons, you have Aziz Alshire, you have third round pick Monty Rice, you have second year player Chance Campbell, who you liked a lot out of Ole Miss that, you know, didn't really get to play last year on IR, but has been getting good opportunity. You've got Luke Gifford, the veteran special team impact guy that you just signed along with Ben Neiman, another veteran inside linebacker and a seventh one, in former Ole Miss safety, Otis Reese the fourth, who's been O-T-I-S. at inside linebacker, OTIS, and he's been making play after yeah. play after play in camp where I keep going, who's 41 again? Oh, yeah, that's Otis making another play. And Mike Vrabel raved about him after practice the other day saying he can't wait to watch him in the preseason. Yeah. So I looked at seven inside linebackers and said, woof, those are going to be some tough, tough cuts for whoever does not make it. Uh, ultimately, I settled with Otis Reese and Ben Neiman as the two on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I think Gifford as a special team master really is going yeah. to be a lock to make the roster. Uh, I think Chance Campbell and Jack Gibbons have both worked into the rotation ahead of Monty Rice at times, which gives me a good indication that they're pretty far ahead in the defensive rotation. And then I think Monty with being the third round pick in year three uh, that has a lot of experience in Shane Bowen's defense is another guy who's going to make the team and you can only keep so many inside backers, but it it was really tough. And I think there's still positions up for grabs here. I'm not sold on chance Campbell making the team. I'm not sold on Monty Rice making the team yet, yet. I mean, so you think, so if I were to, if I were to say this, Three inside linebackers you feel very confident are on the team. Aziz, Dr. Gibby, Luke Gifford. Yeah, because I think Gifford as a special teamer right. is somebody that they're in on. And so, so you I think Monty Rice is not solid. Like if you think somebody could upset I think he's the- on the team and I'm confident in that. Yeah. But he's not like you're not saying he's locked in. I don't yet. think it's a lock yet okay. because I it's interesting. We really just noticed it last week, but Aziz went to the sideline, was not practicing, and they ran a two-linebacker set with Luke Gifford and Chance Campbell as the guys that were out there for the first-team defense. And so that was kind of like a, you know, 
why is Monty Rice not working in with these guys? Where is he at in the rotation? And maybe it was just a circumstantial thing yeah, at the moment. Right. And that's kind of where I'm thinking is this is where preseason snaps and opportunity shows you what we should think. Right. Yeah. The same thing with NWI. Like if Nick Westbrook <clears throat> doesn't play a lot in the preseason, then okay. Then maybe they just, they're, they're okay with him. Right. If yeah. Monty Rice does not play a bunch in the preseason, then he's probably on the team. But like w- the situation at practice, I guess that was Friday, right? When Aziz yeah. went out for a few minutes. And who knows if it's just like, hey, let's get Gifford and Campbell out there to to run through some first team reps to see it how was, they it do. was Gibbons and Campbell. Gibbons, but. I'm sorry, Gibbons and Campbell. You have, I mean, we have no idea what the coaching staff's plan is. You know, week two, deep into week two, almost week three of camp of like, all right, who are some guys that we need to see play with a top unit to see how they hold up? And and that's you know all just, of these musical chairs that we're talking about through yeah don't hear me saying he's not going to make the team i put him on the roster for a reason yeah and i I was very high on monty coming into this year and what i felt like he could develop into in this defense it's been interesting to me to see how the titans coaches have almost slid him down in the rotation a little bit and it feels like gibbons is currently ahead of him for that starting spot next to his ease um so I, I don't think I would put it as a lock just yet. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see kind of how things look in the next week or so. But I do feel good about the three that you said earlier in, in Gibbons, Gifford, and Aziz. Uh, Chance Campbell, I think I could go either way on. And I think, you know, Otis or Ben Neiman could rival him for his spot as well. So yeah, the inside linebackers was, was very tough for me. And I still think a lot of it's up in the air. Gotcha. Um, I think one, I think when looking at your roster projection, and by the way, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to drop Sam's 53 man roster projection in the chat here. So you can go check it out uh, via the link on a to Z sports.com. Uh, so if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, I believe you should be able on YouTube. I know for a fact you can, you know, make the YouTube screen tiny and click up Sam's link right there. I think one thing I was looking at was tight end is interesting to me because you've got Chig, Wiley and Wesco that I think are squarely on the roster. I just think the Titans like kind of like inside linebackers, they probably have six tight ends that are pretty legit. Maybe even seven. They're all close too. I mean, like it, like that last spot was kind of a toss up and I went with Kevin Rader as the fourth tight end experience was the biggest thing. I mean, they kept him last year just to play him on special teams and as an inline blocker option too. Yeah. As a fullback option back too. Uh, But I I like, I like uh, rig. I like uh, Odakoya. Is that how? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is Odakoya has the, the second year exemption where you can throw him on the practice squad without him counting towards a practice squad roster Mm -hmm. spot. So there's more incentive for them to put him there. Rig, I think, you know, is more likely to go on a practice squad. Alizé Mack. Yeah does not do the things Tom or Kevin Rader does as far as being a fullback type option. And I think that's something that they want in their tight end room. They don't have that in Chig or, or, you know, Wesco even. Or Wiley. Wiley, they considered maybe doing some stuff. But that's what Kevin Rader is to me uh, on this team. So I think those are my four. I feel pretty good about those. But I like Mac too. He was the one I didn't name. Like I, I like yeah. him. He's probably seventh at this point. But and he just got hurt on Friday. So it's a tough room. It. It's yeah. a tough room for him to 
to climb, I think. Yeah, I, I just again I like the offensive line. I like the the tight ends, excuse me. The offensive linemen, you you kept nine left to right starters projected. Dillard, Skronsky, Brewer, Brunskill. You have Chris Hubbard right now as right tackle. Then the other four you have is Jalen Duncan, inside guys, Corey Levin and Jordan Ruse. Then you've got the newly signed Justin Murray that happened over the weekend as Jamarco Jones is out. I think you know that's just kind of who they are at this point. Maybe OJ Ojuku has a chance to make it if they want to keep ten. But uh, yeah, considered him. But yeah, considered Ojuku, another guy though that like, could you keep him on a practice squad? Maybe could you keep one of these veterans on the practice squad? Probably not. Uh, so I I think that they signed Murray for a reason, probably because they think they need some veteran help behind Hubbard at tackle or to compete for Hubbard for right tackle. So uh, yeah, those were my nine feel good about those. They could keep 10. Who knows? I mean, it could be all over the place there. I could have the number wrong, but other positions we haven't talked about yet. Defensive line. You've got five Simmons, Autry, Tart as the top three, Jaden Peavy, who I think is your guy this year. Uh, I think, I think you're right with Jaden Peavy and also Naquan Jones with those five. Autry's kind of the 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 Swiss Army knife because he could also play outside backer because you only have four outside backers in Harold Ardenkey, Weaver, and Thomas Rush. So really, you're looking at Autry can go inside or outside to give you that that versatility. Uh, but Thomas Rush, I know you're going to work on a piece about Thomas Rush uh, later on for the website too. Uh, we talked about inside linebackers. Anything else you, you wanted to touch on with your uh, D linemen and outside backers? Uh, yeah, Thomas Rush is interesting. Uh, he's got got after the quarterback a good amount last week, I thought. Uh, and, you know, I'm excited to dive a little bit more into him this week, figure out where he stands in their eyes and, you know, chat with him and, and kind of get to know him a little bit. But he was their highest paid UDFA in terms of guaranteed base salary. Uh, so I think that speaks a lot to how they feel about him. Uh, and I think that fourth outside position is is pretty wide open. I mean, Sam O, a contender to get that spot. Uh, there's certainly a couple options. I know a lot of the you know fans are intrigued by Caleb Murphy uh, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys that are outside. But I, I have Rush as the guy that they gave the guarantee to as somebody who I think uh, could could get that last spot. Uh, DBs, uh, these are pretty self-explanatory towards the top. Christian Fulton, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Roger McCreary as your top three corners. Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden as your top three safeties. Molden's obviously kind of different. Then Trey Avery, a uh, good depth corner. You do not have Chris Jackson. You have him getting cut. You do have Tyreek Jones, Stephen Jones Jr., and Alonzo L.J. Davis uh, as the back half. Why? You know, no Chris Jackson. No, I think Chris Jackson's had a good camp, but he's just – his bad moments look really bad for Chris Jackson. Like he gets either whooped or he makes a good play. Yeah. uh, No Chris Jackson. And, you know, maybe the veteran experience, you know, pay, you know, makes him an option for them that they want to go with. But this was another one that I asked myself, what is Chris Jackson on this team? If you keep him and is Chris Jackson's impact on this team worth losing one of your younger corners that or potentially losing one of your younger corners that you feel like could develop into a future piece. I I think Steven Jones and Alonzo LJ Davis have made a ton of plays uh, on the football and have been kind of all around 
uh, making things happen. Mike Vrabel said he was really intrigued with seeing how those guys and some of these UDFAs in the secondary stack up with the Trey Averys and the Chris Jacksons in the preseason. So I, I think it's wide open for these guys to go and earn a roster spot, especially because you've got injuries to Caleb Farley and injury to Josh Thompson. You've got pretty much no safety depth. So I think Elijah Molden being a little bit of a hybrid will allow them to keep more corners than they do safeties. Uh, so there's roster spots to be grabbed and special teams will obviously be a separator for these guys on the back end of the roster. Uh, but I've never been incredibly impressed with Chris Jackson in my time covering the team and covering practices. I thought he had a really tough camp last year, which got him cut, which then they brought him back uh, on the practice squad about halfway through the year, I think. And, you know, now he's found his way back into camp. I just, I, I don't know if there's a ton there that, you know, makes me want to keep him over some mm -hmm. of these younger more high like high upside options yeah and then uh, a couple guys have been brought up that we have not talked about because they're on the pup list physically unable to perform dylan radins and then caleb farley i don't know who is more likely to come off the pup first i think dylan radins is not going to be around for a while so why not i think he can stay on the pup for a bit and see what happens with ir situation having to pull him off, put him on the 53. So you can place him on IR. Yeah. Caleb Farley. I think uh, we've talked about this. We need a doc talk conversation with the bone and joint Institute to figure out what does it look like for Caleb Farley? Where should we have an eyeball of a return to play window for Caleb Farley? Cause there has been zero uh, conversation about him and when he could be out there. I've physically seen Dylan Radins with my eyes several times. Caleb Farley has been seen. I, I think, have not. I think our guy Mickey saw him. Okay, one, Mickey is seen. But right. yeah, Caleb Farley, uh, him and Dylan Raidens are in the same boat. Is like there's really no timetable right now. And so it's difficult to predict. Like I don't expect either one of them to be active week one. Could that change? Maybe. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't really know what, what the timetable is for either one of those guys. So I have to account for neither one of them being on the active 53 when yeah. I make my initial – initial one and what that looks like with the pup list, the IR, whatever that, yeah. you know, that's a conversation for later. All right, Sam specialist. We haven't gotten to you are all about this kicker battle. So I want to know who you think has the edge in the Titans kicker battle, but first tell us about the bone and joint Institute, the bone and joint Institute. You just mentioned them. We're going to have to have a talk with them and, right. and talk Caleb Farley, talk Dylan Raidens, maybe figure out what's going on. They're knowledgeable. They've got the experts, and they are the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care at boneandjointtn.org, located out in Franklin with a state-of-the-art rehab facility to assist in your recovery. They've got an Im imaging clinic, surgery, rehab, testing all under the same roof. You don't have to drive all over the place to go to different appointments. You just go see them out in Franklin, get the experts that you know you can trust, Get care from them and schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. All right. Also, with the BetMG map, you can win big. I lost with the U.S. women's national team on Sunday, bright and early before everybody woke up, but we're not going to talk about that too much. But uh, that's okay. You can always win with BetMGM by signing up with our bonus code, ATOZ Sports. That means you get an amazing first bet offer with BetMGM. We get up to $1,000 back. Uh, in bonus bets if your first bet misses. So make sure BetMGM is a part of your football season because it always is for me. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older than your customer offer. And uh, 
uh, all, 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 excuse me, uh, Tennessee only new customer offer all promotions up to qualifications, other requirements for first online real money wager only rewards issued a novel job bonus bets. Bonus specs inspire seven days and for problem game sport called Tennessee red line 800-889-9789. So Sam, who do you think has the edge in this kicker battle between Ryan Shudak and mm. undrafted rookie yeah. Caleb Shudak, Caleb Shudak, Shudak, Ryan Stonehouse, Ryan Stonehouse, Caleb Shudak. Trey Wolf. Yes. Well, Steven says, finally, kicker talk. They've been asking for a month. Finally, kicker news. And Bork says it. The guy, kicker talk isn't sexy. I like kicker talk. Some of you might like kicker talk. But kicker talk is not what people want to be uh, diving into at this point in camp yet, uh, I guess. And Devin is right along with me. He likes the rookie kicker out of Texas. And I have been uh, pretty adamant about this since minicamp. I like Trey Wolf a lot, uh, and right now he is my guy that I am backing to win the kicking competition, and it really comes down to leg strength and distance for me because I my biggest criticism of Randy Bullock and my criticism of the Titans special teams philosophy in general is the fact that they have not prioritized range in a field goal kicker. They're like, well, make it in 40 to 45, make all your kicks. Sure, accuracy is very important, obviously, but most pro kickers can make a majority of their kicks from 40 to 45 yards out. The difference comes when you have a guy that can hit from 55, when you have a guy who can get you points when your drives stall across midfield. For a Titans offense that hasn't proven to be super explosive or touchdown heavy and you know likes to win games with defense and possession, Making deep, long field goals, I think, is a separator. And had they had a more reliable kicker, they would have won a couple more games last season uh, that would have gotten them into the playoff picture. And Trey Wolf can hit from 60. He can hit from 55. He has the leg strength to do all of it. Uh, I had a conversation with him last week that I thought was really interesting about him working with Ryan Stonehouse to tilt the football to the right when Stonehouse is holding it a little bit more, which allows his rotation to be a little bit more straight and narrow, which makes his kicks more accurate. He missed a couple, I think, two kicks in the rain the other day. Very mm -hmm. tough conditions to kick in, I mm -hmm. thought. Uh, but overall has been really reliable and solid, and he just has a huge, huge leg that I think wins out. I mean, if we get into preseason and he can't find his accuracy from these mid-range kicks – Caleb Shudak is good at that much. Uh, yeah. And so I think that would swing the table, like swing the pendulum the other way towards Shudak. But I think if the two of them are about even in their inconsistencies, which I feel so far has been the case, I want the guy with more upside and the ability to hit from long range, which is Trey Wolf. Fun fact as well, I don't have the exact numbers, but he was known as like the most clutch kicker in college football really? with Texas Tech. He made, I want to say his last season, like four game-winning kicks in overtime or to send it to overtime. So he's been in high-pressure spots and he's been able to deliver in high-pressure spots. Another thing to keep in mind with him. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's like, I'm, it's great. If you go out there and drill 55, 60 yarders, in practice, cool. But what happens when something's on the line and you've got, um, you know, all the people watching on TV and in the stadium, you've got a live blitz coming at you. I, I think for, for me, Shudak and Wolf are pretty neck and neck to this point. Uh, from a kicking standpoint, they're not neck and neck when it comes to standing next to each other because Trey Wolf's about 6'2". Oh, he's Shudak, so big. Caleb Shudak's about 5'6". 
Uh, so, you know, I think it's, it's all about who can deliver in the preseason and who can win that, you know, low. And the Titans are going to see. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're going to simulate some of those situations. Like I'm sure they might kick it when they could normally go for it in a game situation to see, Hey, real pass rush coming at you. You're in soldier field, maybe this weekend, which is a tough place to kick in general. It's got like a weird surface and some wind, obviously, and maybe some fans, you know, making some noise who can deliver in those spots. Like this is all subject to change as the preseason plays out. But yeah, my point being with the two of them, if they're even in their accuracy and, and some of your concerns, let's go higher upside and let's go the guy who I feel can make from 55 pretty consistently. All right, A to Z Sports here on a Monday. We're getting set to head out to Titans training camp practice. They start about 30 minutes from now at 9.30 a.m. Central. But we do have a Monday Ask Me Anything. Uh, and my forehead is sunburned because I spent out uh, probably like seven hours at the Music City Grand Prix on Sunday from like 11 to 6 almost. Uh, not all of it was outside, but enough of it was outside for my forehead to get burnt. Uh, but I want to ask everybody, if you were in – if you went to the Music City Grand Prix, any just any event over the weekend, I want to see a race car emoji in the chat. That that's the Monday Ask Me Anything. I want race car emojis in the chat if you went to anything related to the Music City Grand Prix because I've got a couple of videos and I'm gonna ask Sam what his favorite thing about it was. But first, Wilson County Hyundai. Speaking of going fast, you can get head out to Wilson County Hyundai in Lebanon uh, to get your new ride. Payne Bone does a phenomenal job. Uh, with his team and his dealership, family-owned and operated in Lebanon, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or check them out online. Once again, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. So, Sam, you went Saturday. I went Sunday. We were both in the Turn 9 Club. Shout out Buck Rising and 104.5 The Zone for hooking us up with those because it was a ton of fun. Got to hang out with a lot of The Zone guys. Uh, So, I see uh, Michael was at some Grand Prix. Devin went to the Grand Prix. Uh, and, and look, I think more people need to go to the Music City Grand Prix. This was year three, and this is my first time. Uh, Devin says, saw you there, Austin. Didn't say anything. Devin, you just didn't do anything? Where were you? Devin, you were in the oh. – were you Were you actually in the Turn 9 Club and never said anything? I didn't see you. You, you saw me but didn't say anything. I don't like that. You should have come up and said something. I talked to V-Love for a few minutes yesterday too, is a, a big Nashville Titans fan viewer, but, uh, and, and I know Eric, uh, not all of you guys live in Tennessee and yeah, Devin just clearly ducked me. Uh, I was there for a while, but Hey, um, it was really fun. Sam, what was your favorite part about the music city grand prix? Uh, either the super trucks, yeah, which were sick. Uh, they, they, they raced on Saturday too. Uh, I like the concert. I went over to the iHeartRadio country stage uh, and uh, listened to some. I saw Megan Maroney. Love Megan Maroney. Uh, there was a Flow Rider concert at 7 p.m., which I never thought in the year 2023 I'd be uh, listening to Low by Flow Rider and T Pain live. But there I was listening to. Flo I heard Rida. that was awesome. It was a great time. I had a great <laughs> time at Flow Rider. Uh, me and my buddy went out there and uh, I was like, wow. 12 year old me would be giddy right now at the idea of seeing Florida in person. Uh, and then the food was fantastic as well that yeah. I thought in the turn nine club. So a uh, very well, cool Poncho and lefties action there in the turn nine club. I like things that get loud and go fast. And yes. I, I was uh, a big fan of NASCAR when I was over at Nashville super speedway, 
huge fan of IndyCar and the super trucks and everything that went on at the Grand Prix as well. All right, Sam, I've got I've got some video for us. Here's the IndyCar. This was the final lap of the uh, the main event, the Grand Prix on Sunday. Yeah, he's not a brick problem. He's taking all the racket heads, that's for sure. It was it's, it was so loud and like the video the noise on the video does not do it justice. Uh, but that turn nine did have some wreckage uh, for us because they're coming off that straightaway. Oh yeah, they're coming oh. out. Yeah, for us on they're coming off that straightaway down in that last turn with a sharp turn. And here's what Sam was talking about with the super trucks that was just the highlight of the entire week. <laughs> Dude, the super trucks were so fun. Like, yeah, they're, they're sick. Did you go on like the pedestrian bridge over the, it, that was my favorite place to watch from is the pedestrian bridge that went over the track so that you could watch the trucks and the cars coming underneath you, basically. It was no, a nice, I, did it was a, I did not watch That was that. a cool, uh, cool angle for the races. Yeah, it was really fun. Those trucks, man, coming around that corner on two wheels and then they barely got that fourth wheel down before they get on to that ramp. Oh, and then, there was a 14-year-old driving in the truck race. What? Yes, it was a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old driving really? in that super truck race, and he got spun out. <laughs> Somebody bullied I, him. I enjoyed the names of a lot of the drivers. They were yeah. all very fascinating to me. One of them was like Stingray Rob or something like that that was driving in the Indy car. He was, I was like, oh, I want that guy to win. He's got a cool name. Stingray Rob, that's a Hey, what a NASCAR name. I guess it's not NASCAR, it's but what a racer car. name. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. I think more people should go next year because of the stadium construction. They're going to do it and have the track on Broadway, which is going to be insane. And the best thing about this, like, it, you don't have to sit there and watch racing the whole time. No. There's plenty of festivals. I, I went over to the U.S. Uh, Army tent and was hitting some deadlifts with the guys in the military <laughs> uniforms. It, they had they – had, <laughs> They had a hex bar out there for deadlifts, and oh we said gosh. they said it was a 340 pound deadlift challenge, and I was like, "Who says no?" I like I gotta go, and I so there's a lot to do. You can yeah. entertain yourself. <laughs> I, I watched maybe maybe like 25 minutes of racing outside, uh, yeah. and everything else was like, yeah, I was there for seven hours, 25 minutes of actual racing. Everything else was drinking, eating, talking walking around, checking out cars, doing everything else. It was I heard radio music show and yeah. you can go watch some concerts too. Like it, it was worth it. It's worth going. It was a great time. It, it was an, it was an awesome time. I can't wait to be back out there again uh, next year when it's on Broadway, which is going to be ridiculous uh, as well. So, all right, we're heading out to Titans practice. Make sure you give that thumbs up, hit that like button on the show on Facebook and YouTube. We'll have tons of practice content up on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, everywhere else, Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. So make sure that you guys hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate that a lot. Talk to you guys later on. Thanks as always.